Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we ask that you will speak to us. Father, we pray that your, your spirit will fellowship with us in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' most precious name we are praying. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seat, please. God bless us all in Jesus' name. I'm just quickly saying that on the 30th, we have the healing service, um, which will be broadcasted on, on all our platforms, both um, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, by God's grace. Um, but as God has directed, we would have a one-hour prayer each day from the Monday, the 26th to the 29th of October from 7 p.m. Those prayers will be broadcasted so we can join. And so those prayers will be prayers done leading up to the healing service. God bless us all in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. So as we as we continue in the journey in what we have been talking about, the topic today is is the rivers of life. Is the rivers of life. But it's interesting to me the scripture that we read for the Bible lesson, Joel chapter two. It's interesting to me that. When the context by which God was talking, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And this was something that we used to, we use as a reference point, especially when it comes to, um, uh, when it comes to Pentecost. And if you notice, most of the time, when we look at Pentecost, we... Uh, it is the Daniel band, the prophetic team that gathers themselves ready for Pentecost, which is not bad. But only that the scripture that we use as reference says that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So he say, he's not saying that I will pour out my spirit on a segment of people. He said, no, that day is actually the day I'm going to pour out my spirit upon everybody. It's interesting that that scripture later goes on and speaks to us and begins to say that. He said, if you look at the context of that George chapter 2, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon your servants, upon your, your children. He got to the point of servant. So he's talking even in the point of no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you need the spirit of God. Why? Because the Spirit of God, and we started off on a, on a note because I wanted to establish the fact of the part of the indwelling part of the Holy Spirit. When we were talking about the Holy Spirit teaches you all things. And we'll get to a point where we begin to differentiate, where we begin to understand that, you know, when you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and you, and you, and you develop and you keep feeding your spirit by by taking in the word of God, by understanding scriptures. When somebody says to you, God said this and this. No, we're talking sometime, um, last week someone said that God, um, 
God sent somebody to them and, go, and somebody said that God said that um, you are, that there is something dangerous coming on the way, so you need to kill an animal, you need to do this to, to uh, restore back yourself. You can take that, but what will happen is that the teaching inside, the Holy Spirit will say, no, 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 that is, that, that, that is not me. But if you don't have that teaching inside, they will say to you, ah, God said that if that person does not get pregnant before marriage, they will never, they will never get pregnant. They might have seen a problem. But the solution is not in line with the Holy Spirit. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That is why it's important, and we would, we would, we will get to that bit that you know, you, you, it doesn't mean that what they've seen is wrong. But the solution, because Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit will teach you, He will testify of me. So the Holy Spirit cannot encourage you to sin against God. Does that make sense? So, so that is where the teaching comes in. That is when the Holy Spirit will say, you know, that's when we're talking about the person rather than the gift. Because the person will say, no, 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 no. You know, see, let me put this way. You can use my phone even when I'm not there. You can use my phone to pick up any kind of call when I'm not there. But if I'm sitting with you and you pick up my phone, you will be conscious of what kind of calls you make on my phone while I'm sitting there. <laughs> so that is I would just an analogy of somebody who can have the gift of the Spirit of God and not the person there. Because the person is totally is not totally different, but the person brings a different dimension to his gift. God will give grand understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're trying to trying to lay emphasis on last week. Is that you know it is not only about the magic gifts. Because if you have the gift and you don't have the person itself. You will begin your judgment before you before you, you gradually become a papa very soon. You get what I try to say? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, somebody I've had I've had all sorts of rubbish. You know, somebody somebody saying that, you know, in order to transfer spirits, the spirit of God into somebody's life, you have to sleep with them. You know what I'm trying to say? It, 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 before you know it, it is see. In the things of spirit, it is it is a very thin line to run from right to wrong. Yeah. But the problem is, and we will get there. We will get there. Let's just, let me just quickly just run through this. Okay, amen. amen. Now, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is so critical because the Bible refers it to it as the finger of God. Anything that God wants to create. Anything that God wants to do, He does it through His Spirit. Luke chapter, um, Luke chapter eleven, verse twenty. The Bible says, "But if I drive out demons 
by the finger of God. Now, what is your finger? The finger is what you use to craft things. It says that then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, when you go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, you see that same scripture. It said, if by the spirit of God, I drive out demons. So that means that if I take Luke 11 and Matthew 28, if I take that, but if by the spirit of God, I, that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Go to where Luke 11, please quickly. He says, if by the finger of God. So that means that when the Bible refers to the finger of God, it's referring to the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? Because when God speaks, it is the Holy Spirit that goes into, into action and begins to create what God has in mind. So when we, when you have, when you have um, the 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 Bible says in Psalm in Psalm one o four, in Psalm one o four verse it says verse thirty. The Bible says that then you sent your spirit and they were created, and you renewed the face of the ground. So when the spirit of God went into action, creation began. That is why when, when in the book of Genesis chapter 1, you will see that the Bible talks about, it says that, it says, the Bible says that the, the Spirit of God was roving over the heart. Why? Because creation was about to start. So what I'm trying to say to us is this, is that for God to be able to achieve anything through you or create something in an individual, you need to understand who the Holy Spirit is because he is the one that carries out. Is the one that, that in this world is the finger of God at work. So, it was so critical that God did not allow anything that God wants that wants to be used by God that should not be anointed. When the Bible talks about anointing, example by oil in the Old Testament is refined. It's, it is a, a, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So you would see that even if they were going to bring a chair to church, God would say, "Anoint that chair," because anything that God would use or that will be used in the purpose of God has to be anointed. If that thing is not anointed, it cannot work. Exodus chapter 40 verse 9. It says, take the anointing oil. Anoint the tabernacle. You understand that one. Okay, maybe God says that, you know, uh, you anoint the tabernacle and things like that. But later God said, and consecrate all, and consecrate it, and all its furnitures. So God said, you know, you bring something. And God said, no, no, if that thing is going to be used by me in any shape or form, it needs to be anointed. That means the, my, the Holy, see, if, if the Holy Spirit is going to, it cannot achieve. It may be able to achieve something. But whatever it achieves has no eternal purpose. 
It has no eternal purpose. You can guard that thing. You know, you can, you can, you can, you, you can sing and things like that. It is only it may be beneficial for them here, but it has nothing recorded in eternity because it is the spirit of God. That's why the Bible calls him the eternal spirit. Is the one that brings whatever you do doesn't only have impact here, but has impact in eternity. So the Bible says, "He said everything, including the furnitures." Now, please, if this is not that God said that we should anoint here. That's all we're talking about. <laughs> but God, God was trying to show a picture of the future that for anything at all. That I am going to use, and we will see that demonstrated in Stephen. That anything that I am going to use, it has to be anointed. In fact, he said, not only the anointing, he said in, in verse 15, he says that he, he says that anoint them, that's Aaron, just as their father. So anoint the children of Israel of Aaron, just as I've anointed their father, that they may serve me as priests. So that means that what God is saying is that. If they are not anointed, they can be serving, but they are not serving me. They can't turn up. It's all good. But it's not, it's just, it's just not doing it. So he said, and their anointing will be to the priesthood and shall continue throughout all generations. So that means that if the Bible says in Peter, saying that you are a royal priesthood, a holy generation, that means you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to function for God. Does this make sense? Mm. Now, the Bible says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. It's not saying you are the one that walks in church. Does this make sense? Now, because you will even understand it in the, in the, in the whole testament. When they talk about anointing, it is not only the priesthood. That same oil is used to anoint kings. First Samuel chapter 16 says, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn over Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. And, and, and be on your way. I am sending you to the house of Jesse, of, to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be what? King. So he did not say priest. So that means that the way a pastor is anointed is the same way God is interested in anointing a banker to stand for him. Because everyone, if God is seen, you kneel down, God is saying, ah, God said, I will make you great. Oh, you will build so many companies. Oh, God, thank you. It, it cannot happen except he anoints you for it. But the problem is that we only go by Exodus. Say, oh, you are apostle, come here. I know it's there. Um, God has called you into the, into the uh, to help the, um, let's say, social services. 
Raise up your hand, praise God, hallelujah, and things like that. But interpretation. And you see it in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Let's just, it says, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. It says that, it says, Then Samuel took the, a, a, took a oil of flax and olive oil and poured it on Saul's head. This was when Saul was anointed. And kissed him and said, As the Lord not anointed you, ruler over his inheritance. So that means that even to be a king and be able to achieve anything for God, you need to be anointed to be able to do it. That was why God told Zachariah, saying about Zerubbabel, Zechariah chapter 4, he says, verse 6, he says, Then the Lord said to me, This is the word to Zerubbabel, It is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, what was Zerubbabel going to build? A building. Zerubbabel was about to build the tabernacle. And God said to him, said to him, it's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. If God says to someone now, you are going to build me a house, what's the first thing they check? Their bank account. Their bank account. Oh, that person has money. Yeah, come, 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 come. I will be the other God said, you know, say to Zerubbabel, it is not by your bank account. That is not, see, those are just resources. You can build a, prop, a, a place. And God said, no, it's not by my spirit. Now, by his spirit did not mean that when they built that tabernacle, they did not use structure. But when they were building it, it had spiritual impact. I can remember one day, I don't know if you started with my addition was here, we were painting, was it painting or yeah, you we were painting the wall. We were painting the wall. In the, in the whole church. We were painting, we were doing painting and things like that. And while we were painting, people went in trance. Why painting? That's all. We were all just having a chat. Everybody was talking. People were, you know, because everybody was walking, so people were carrying, uh, what's it called, um, drink, this and this. And, and this person was painting. And people were like, she's not responding. I said, so we looked at, she, had, she was in trance. See, it is not because whatever you would do for God, whatever dream or agenda that God has placed in your heart to do, you need His Spirit upon it to have any eternal any eternal God grants us in Jesus' name. That's why when you read on. Genesis chapter 7, verse, you know, Jesus said, John, uh, 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 John chapter 7, verse, uh, verse 37, 39. The Bible says, on the last day of the festival, Jesus stood aloud and said, anyone who tests, let him come to me. He says that whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of him, sorry, let him come to me and drink. We're talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit last week. 
then he now says, as the scripture says, out of him shall flow what? Rivers of living water. The rivers of living water. Do you notice something here? Out of him. He said, I said, he said, I, he said whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, river of live, rivers of living water shall flow through them. When you go you read, um, I think the King James Version also, he would say, from out of him shall flow the rivers of living water. Now, what am I pointing out here? Is rivers. He could have said, out of him shall flow river. That means there could be different dimensions of expression of the Spirit through you. But it is the same. It has the same validity. It is still the same water. It can flow through you at your workplace. It can flow through you through your music. It can flow through you through... So it says rivers. It did not say river. Does this make does this make sense? So it is not, but he said that river, and that's where we'll uh, come back say, that river has to be the river of life. So that means that it could have different types of rivers coming out, but it is the same content. It has the same validity. It will produce the same results. God grant us understanding Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, why? Because, and that's what we said last week, that the Spirit of God is residing in you. You have the Spirit of God inside of you, and it teaches you all things. It teaches you all things. But one thing you need to do, you see, Romans chapter 8, verse 6, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 6, the Bible says, the Bible says, now this is what the Bible expects. He says the mind governed by the flesh is dead. But your mind, when it is governed by the spirit, so you have a responsibility to release yourself as you learn more of God. That is how the spirit of God resides inside of you. That is why when we do, um, uh, it is a reminder when we say that may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship. What does fellowship mean? Interaction of the Holy Spirit be with you. So that means that when we are saying that may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship, or the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you, what we are saying in essence is that you will not just hand your Sunday Christianity that Sunday. The communion 
That is the interaction. Why did he not say the, the communion of God, communion of the Holy Spirit, uh, so of Jesus? Because the one re resident on heart, in your heart, is the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense to us? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you have that in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. I think it's the next one. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse, verse 14. The Bible says that, the, 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 uh, 13, it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May God grant us grace. Amen. In Jesus' name. Okay. Now, when the Holy Spirit, now, why does the stream come out, has to come out of you? Is because the only way you can witness for Jesus, when I mean witness, what is the, I've said this a couple of times in church, I've mentioned a couple of times in church. What is the difference between a witness and a reporter? In court, you don't use reporters. You use witness. A witness is somebody who said, I saw it. It was something that I have experienced. So when Jesus was telling his disciples in, in Luke chapter 24 from verse 46, the Bible says he told them, from verse 46, he told, he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and will rise from the dead on the third day. And the, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations from the from beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. He said, I am going, why? So, because you are witnesses of these things, I am going to the Father. I said, I am going to send, I'm sorry, I, I, I am going to send you what the Father has promised. Stay in the, but stay in the city until you are being clothed from from power on high. What he's saying is that for you to be a witness for me, for you to be a witness for me, I need you to, you know, you need to stay in that place to receive the Holy Spirit. To receive the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says that, but when you receive power, when the, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses of me. So, one of the greatest things that the Holy, the day of Pentecost, the greatest thing he achieved was to witness. To draw people to Christ. That is why on the day of Pentecost, the only thing that happened was that 
They won people to Christ. It was not miracle. Miracle is not the first. A first. It is part of it, but it is not the essence. Why the baptism of the Holy Spirit was given? It was given for you to be able to witness to people that Jesus is the right one. So maybe at my workplace, the Holy Spirit and when the baptism, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon me, people will be able to say, the way this person does his things, there's something, something unusual. When this person gives ideas, when they share their thoughts, you can hear there's something deeper. What is happening? The witness that Jesus is greater, Jesus is the answer. That witness is coming forth. Does this make sense? That you can lead people to Christ. The greatest, the essence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to witness to people that Jesus is alive. So when somebody is sick and I walk into a place because the Spirit of God is in me and I, and I tell them, you know, God can do it and I pray over them and they get healed. And as a result, people turn their hearts to God. What have I done? I have witnessed. I have said, you know what? I, I know, I, I know within, I am a witness. I saw it in the scriptures that Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does this, does this make sense to us? Amen. And the Bible says that when, um, in John chapter 15, verse 26, the Bible says that when the hard work comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth that goes out of the Father, he will testify about you. So, somebody that said that do irapada by killing an animal. What has they done? What has that done? What, what are they testifying to? They are testifying to say that Jesus never died. Because the reason why Jesus died, according to Hebrews, he said all other animals cannot cover sin. Sorry, can only cover sin, but cannot wipe it away. He said, how much more shall the blood of Christ? So that means that what that is saying is not testifying of Jesus. Now, this is the problem I have. If you don't know anything about Jesus, how would you know if you are testifying about him or not? This is where, when you're teaching of scriptures, will be dwelling in your heart. That is the only way you can know if a spirit is testifying of Jesus. Jesus said, this is how you would know. He will testify about me. It is not somebody says that, um, you know, um, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It, it, it is, Jesus does not say, he said they will testify about what does about mean is that it is not just you can know my name 
and not know about me. For you to know about me, you have to have studied me well. So because somebody turns up and say, God said the Lord of hosts, yes, they said it. But is it testifying about Jesus? Please, another thing you need to understand. See, there is a difference in what you think. The Bible says about Jesus versus what the scripture actually says about Jesus. When somebody gives you a warning, say, oh, you know, um, uh, the, the, the thoughts of God towards me are of good, but not of evil. That is, that is, that is side, that is one side of scriptures. On that side of scriptures tells you that God would want. So I'm not talking about all these kinds, you know, no, they cannot be, that is not my question. You are, you are just, you, <laughs> That is your orientation. It's not scriptures. If somebody gives you a warning, as it were, you approach it as scriptures. So somebody said, I saw that you that somebody had an accident and things and things. And you said, Oh no, 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 that's that's a negative. No. The Bible, what what would now, where would the person will not get wrong? Is that when I go on my knees. And I ask God. And the Bible says, whatsoever you ask in my name, I would give. I said, no, that is not enough. Then you are not testifying about Jesus. Does this make sense to us? So the, the, the answer is not, no, I reject it in Jesus' name. That is not scripture. The scripture aspect is that, like David did, you tell him, um, Ezekiel did, you take it before God in prayers. And you believe upon that altar of prayer that what you have agreed with God, what you have said with God, God has answered. That is the biblical way of, of, of approaching. Not. <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we look at so what I'm just trying to lay emphasis on before I just draw this to a close is that no matter, I just want to first of all let us settle the case that the outflowing of the Holy Spirit can be true, it is true everyone no matter what you want to do for Jesus, I think maybe, I think maybe the definition now should be, what do you think you can do for Jesus, Pastor? But let me tell you one thing. Let's say, let me start. Let me just put it this way. Psalm 24 says, the head is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible did not say the church is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What does that mean? God is interested in raising people across this, at the, the fears of life. Does this make sense to us? So, why I'm saying, because someone says, ah, okay, um, anything that God wants me to do, oh, God, see, your children, raising your children is, I used to tell people, God is loving. The Bible says, no people, God, I'm not sure about this, but you know, people say that God loves sinners. 
He loves sinners, but he doesn't love their sin. They are two different things. He saw Jesus that was born of the Holy Spirit. He did not give Jesus to an heart. Why? <laughs> because he knows. <laughs> Teach a child in the way you should go. So, if God can take his own son, say, I know it doesn't matter. Oh, that child they give him their prophecy that they will become they will become big prophet of God. Well done. So you need the spirit of God even to raise your child in the way that God wants them to. God help us in Jesus. You know, I, I, said, I said it some time ago. I said, I said, do you know the greatest person I believe that had the greatest mission aside from Jesus in the Bible? That person is Mary. Because if she had raised Jesus the wrong way, none of us would be saved. None of us would be saved. God would say, ah, Mary. <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. So the Bible says that, you know, and so the Bible says how God, Acts chapter 10, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, remember that Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. But yet the Bible says God had to anoint him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And, and with power. And he went about. So that means that before Jesus went about, Doing what God has called him to do, God had to, he had to be anointed by God. He had to be anointed by God. Now I have a couple of long scriptures for us to read together. Just so I can put this in context for us. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 from verse um, from verse 2. The Bible says, So the twelve gathered and all the disciples together said. Now what happened was that they were distributing food. And food was causing problems within the early church. Again, one of the things that we are seeing that happened then, what was happening is that there were some Jews and there were Jews and there were Gentiles in the early church. So what was happening is that people, the Jews were having more food <laughs> than the Gentiles. So, you know, it is not, it is not new that people will say that, you know, ah, uh, it's for my family, let him, let him have some. Are you? I know you have to go and keep. So that's what was happening. So the disciples said that, so they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. That means we are not, we are not going to be taking away the time we're supposed to be preaching and trying to resolve distributing food. Because the word is more important than distribution of food. And that is why at times as a church, the balance has to be right. It, it, they did not say the food is not important. But they said, no, we cannot compromise this to suit that. 
So what did they do? Verse 3, they said, brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who, um, who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Excuse me, what are they supposed to be distributing? Food. So, have you ever thought about it that somebody who's going to be doing car park, um, car park outside, that person has to be anointed by God? In fact, in our churches today, we don't even believe that somebody standing at the car park is anointed by God. That one is just there. He's just saying, that one is just saying, what's he doing? Just, you know, he's spending all his time. And things like that. That is how, I don't want to say something. <laughs> but I've seen it everywhere, so it's not nothing particular to anywhere. Please don't get me wrong. That is why you will see people who are outside doing traffic control sit down in their car and heat. Says you big food from their house, big food, they'll be having feasts because as far as they are concerned. What they are doing has nothing to do with spiritual. You are the only ones doing spiritual things outside. Inside. But see the early church. They said the Bible says that they have to be full of the Holy of the Spirit and with wisdom. We would, we would, we would turn this responsibility over to them and give your and give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Yes, ma'am. Let's go on, please. This proposal pleased the group, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Again, what is he supposed to be doing? Distributing food. I thought you don't know the Holy Spirit for that. He said, and Philip and Procurus and the rest like that, and the, 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 the verse 6. He says they presented these men to the apostles. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Bible says they prayed and laid their hands on them. Excuse me, please, are we, are we complicating this thing? I thought it was food that they had distributed. Oh, we, um, we have a. We, we want to start the account of Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's just get, let's just get, get a couple of people there. Let's just, let's just get there. Let's just, yeah. Oh, we are doing um, the guys that are going to be watching over the cars outside. Oh, that boy is always useless. He's doing nothing in church. He's just roaming around. Go and tell him to go and stand there. Okay. I'll show you the impact of this. So the Bible says they laid hands on them. And they prayed over them. What was that prayer? That Peter, he did not say. The Bible says they presented them to him. They presented these men to the apostles who laid hands on their own. Who, who laid sorry? Who prayed for them and laid their hands? What am I telling you? Satan is that he told Peter that and prayed over them. Have you seen when we only do those kind of prayer? Is when they want to anoint big people. So the church that will stand there, the kingdom will stand there. So you start passing them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God of mercy. Hallelujah. Please, I am not. We are, this is scriptural 
I'm not talking about anything. I'm just talking about scripture. What I see in scripture. You get what I'm So I'm not. Amen. I don't know why you're laughing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So. <laughs> Bible says he laid hands on them. And see. I thank God for one thing. And I've also learned from it. Everyone. As of now. Who is holding a department here got a visitation from God. Not that I called them. Every one of them. Because when a guy was um, uh, became quiet, what did I tell you? I said, ask other people, they will tell you their experiences. Either it was a burning in their hearts. That this is what you want, I want you to do. The person that is leading evangelism, she was in her house praying one day. She got to open her eyes and see people walking to her. And she couldn't stop crying. She called her, Pastor, I can't stop crying. And this thing is, I said, yeah. He has called you to do this. So it is not uh, evangelism. Oh, that's that's that. He knows how to talk. She knows how to talk. Let her, let her go, let her go and go and, you know, let her go and go and look at you. Oh, this guy. You know, skip on. You know, skip on. When does, when does, when does, you know, he's. <laughs> and he started dancing to back. God bless you. Amen. You can't have to say. So, the Bible says they laid hands on them and they prayed. Let's read on, please, because of our time. So, the word of God spread. Why? Because the apostles were able to concentrate on the word. And the numbers of disciples increased rapidly. And the lights and uh, people came obedient to the faith. That was on the apostle's side. Let us see what happened to Stephen. Now Stephen, a man full of grace and power, performed great wonders, signs among the people. Excuse me. Where did they perform this sign? I can imagine somebody coming to Peter and saying, uh, sorry, Stephen, I said, I'm trying to hit, I've had this stomach ulcer. And Stephen will say, oh, let me go and get your rice. Take, I believe as you hit it also, God will heal. And they were hitting the food. They got healed. Stephen will be, will be making Amala. And as they are making Amala, the smell out of it could heal people. Why? Because it was prayed over. So, what I'm trying to point out to you is that, what I'm trying to point out to you is that, wherever angle you are in, as long as you are called to work for God, you need this anointing to be effective in anything. See, the day you are anointed to stand outside to watch over cars, when a car is coming and is about to have an accident, you say, sir, please, can you not drive this car tomorrow? Prophet may not see it. Because you are anointed to stand there. Somebody has been struggling with their car. 
Idaka has taken all their money. And you say, ah, sir, don't worry. In the name of Jesus, the hand of God comes upon this guy. But what do we do? We, the person sitting outside is hoping that one day, one day, I to become a prophet. So he's not saying, ah, you know, oh. He said, see, they have not regarded me in this church. All truth, do you know how many years I've been in this church? The only thing I can, they can think of me to do is to stand in the sun and, and look at that cars. You are sweeping. You know. See, they will hit, all of them will go home. I'll be the one sweeping. Whereas, when you sweep and when you anoint, when you clean those chairs, you are anointing them. So as somebody sits on them, who has a disease when they stand up their head? That's what the Bible says. Now, Stephen, a man full of grace and power, performed great signs and wonders. Then opposition arose. It is not supposed to be eating of food. So when did eating of food now become? So you now saw that people were queuing to take a plate of food. Not because they were hungry, but because they had a prayer request in their heart. That is when we see somebody who is the finance manager accountant of the church. When he receives money, no, not even that. I used to see something that as a wedding, I've learned it a long time. When I am going around, I don't even notice it at all when I'm collecting money in church. When you put the money in the bank, I'll say, May God bless you. Why? Because in my office. So, or I would say to you, what you are putting here is a seed. It will multiply for you. Then you would, you would not say, someone would just come and say, oh God, I did not expect it. God just provided. Which ministry happened? The word But nobody will see that. Ah! Oh, yes, when pastor preached that someone, oh, wonderful. It is not, it has not to do with pastor. But, do you know what will happen? When we have this understanding, the day you stand before God, God will not say, um, security buyer. No, sir. You know, please don't call me security buyer. Because people used to, you know, that's, that's a dirty job. But I just did it because, you know, I shall, I shall have to work for God. So you didn't work for me. Because can you remember this man, this man, this man that walked past you that you're supposed to pray for? What did you do? Don't back there, you this useless man. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what did the Bible tell us last week when we read the Bible? The Bible says, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by rot in your in your heart, unforgiveness. That's how you grieve the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit cannot work. He's gone. God help us in Jesus' name. So, sorry, because of our time. Yeah, so, we, that is just that. To lay emphasis on us. To let us see that no matter what you are doing for God, you need to be anointed by God. 
you need to be anointed by God. This is the second to the last scripture that we'll read that is a bit long. And I purposely put it this way so that we can follow it. Hallelujah. So the Bible says here, Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend who goes who, who, um, and you go, and, and you suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. You go to him at midnight and, and, and you go to him and, and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come on a journey to me and I, and have, I have no food to offer. Suppose the one inside answers, I do not bother me. The, the door is already closed and my children are in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. Let's read on. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him bread because of their friendship, yes, yet, because of his shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give him what he needs. Let's stop at that first. So, up Joshua comes to meet me, saying, Pastor, I need bread for my friend that came. That my friend does not have bread. You too, you don't have bread. But I have bread. And that bread is not only for you. You need the bread to also affect your friends. Does this make sense to us? Do we get to that point? So, because of the need of your friend, you come to me and say, please, I need bread. I say, no, 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 no. The Bible says, because of your shameless audacity, that means that you say, if you don't give me, I'll sit down here. Until you give it to me. He has an opportunity to go and tell his friend, well, I tried my best. There's nothing I can do. Does this make sense to us? Now, Jesus now said, so I said to you, because of this, act, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who acts, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Most of us have, and which is not totally bad, it's not bad anyway, is that we take this as, so Jesus is saying, so your asking is not only for yourself. When you get, you can impact your community. When you get, you can impact people. When you get, you to yourself, you will not lack. Because the Bible says, it gives him as much as he needs. So he did not only give him what he needs for his friend, but he gave him what he also needed for himself. Do we get it to that point? 
So now let us now see what Jesus was pointing at when he gave all these scenarios. So we go on. He says, which of you will ask your father for fish and he will give you snake insect? Or which of you will ask your father for head and he will give him a scorpion? If you then, evil father, know how to give good gifts to your father, how much more will the father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So that means when Jesus was giving this scenario is that you will have rivers that should flow to somebody else. But if you need that river, you have to come to me. And you must be ready to stay until I give you that river. And so I give you the water. And you can become a river for other people. Does this make sense to us? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is saying, if I am an usher in the church, you need to be ready to have shameless audacity to sit down and wait until you get the empowerment so that you can be fruitful. When you welcome people in, when you hold somebody's hands, when you hug them, they feel a relief from heaven. Why? Because you have more than enough bread to give to them. Does this make sense to us? That's why I read that scripture in its entirety. Let's go on to the previous scripture. Let's just go quickly. The Bible says, Jesus said, before he said, so I said to you, he said, because of your shameless audacity, Are you ready today to say, God, I can't do this? What he's saying, the prayer for the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is not a prayer that cannot be said shamelessly. I'm sorry, yeah. You, you know, it is not a prayer that says, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't just. You can be praying and tears be running down your, 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 your heart. Is that those who want to make sure that pancake is in order, they don't have those kind of prayers. I'm not saying necessarily you have to scream, but at times you'll find yourself in a position that you forget that you're putting on a makeup or anything at all. Why? Because your heart is panting out to God. And Jesus said, because of your shameless audacity, he will get up and give it to you. No wonder he told his disciples, stay until you are endured. The last scripture. They asked him, and when people heard this, they said to their, they, 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 their heart, they, 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 they were caught. To, to the heart and said to Peter and other disciples, apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent. Mm -hmm. 
repent. First thing on this journey is repentance. Mm -hmm. This kind of one that we're talking about is not the one you would baggage sin to one side and carry on and receive the Holy Spirit. No, this Holy Spirit is not the one you package with sin. This is the one where you say, God, I am wrong about this. Repent also means to rethink. So maybe you have had a perception that the only thing you need the Holy Spirit for is for speaking in tongues. Say they repent. And you will receive and, and for the forgiveness. Sorry, I'll be baptized. In the name of in, in, I'm baptized, that's baptism, we spoke about that. For every every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for those who are afar. That means if you are not even Jews, he said, and for all, the Lord will come. The Lord our God will come. The gift of God is still available. His grace is still here. The question is do you have the shameless audacity to heart sin? Do you have the shameless audacity to seek his faith? No matter what you think God has called you to do, or whatever dream that you had, and you see, oh yes, I know this is what God is laying in my heart to do. Yes, he has laid it in your heart. But he's saying, just like Jesus told his disciples, Jesus had told them all that they need to do. And when I said, hey, God, before you go, come here and sit down. Because you know what to do is not a certificate to go and do it. Moses knew that God had called him to deliver Israel. He went out. He ran back. One of my one of pastors like this to say, if you rush in, you rush out. That is life. We're talking to pastors. If you rush into pastoring, you will rush out. It is simple like that. So for you not to rush out, Jelenka working, take your time. Ask him. And God will grant you your time. That's what I want to say. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.